Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome to the day. We're going to be talking about all things VR esports related. We have on the CEO, Scott Albright of VREL, and Chris Vecina, COO of VREL. And these guys are going to be at the AWE conference we're going to be attending next week uh, over in San Jose, California. And it's going to be really exciting times to talk about them and the new up and coming industry of VR sports. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, Scott, Chris, appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Um, so uh, first thing to kick it off, I'd love to hear just a little bit of you guys' journeys. I know uh, you guys are both veterans in the space, um, and but you guys are now, uh, you know, running one of the, the one of the largest um, VR sports leagues around. Can you say just a little bit of you guys' journeys from, you know, how you guys got connected and how you guys ended up um, running uh, VREL? Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, how how long uh, have you been playing in VR? Me? Yeah. Uh, ten years. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's a really long time. So, I jumped in on the uh, pre-orders for the Oculus Rift, and one of the first things I did once I got that was started looking for the leagues and the competitive play. Uh, I found that with one league. And, you know, I enjoyed my time there and everything like that, but it just never quite felt right. Mm. So I guess VREL has been kind of in progress or been forming since about late 2017, 2000, early 2018. And it was just a matter of finding the right people for each piece that are just fueled by that passion for VR and seeing what type of community we can build around this as well. Mm. So I played in uh, quite a few different VR tournaments, leagues and stuff like that, just getting a feel for it, like how it works in VR, any type of like VR specific rule sets. Uh, and just like the community and the people in general that were the early adopters of it. And then from there, after all, after a bunch of networking and coming in, coming across with uh, Scott, he was actually looking for a competitive team and we had an open spot and next thing we got to talking and yeah he was the missing piece we were needing the whole time in order to get this launched and we just launched in late january is when we put the site live that's yeah. awesome so let's let's talk about that so why was he the missing piece like how do you guys come together like peanut butter and jelly uh scott actually has experience uh forming and creating leagues in the past too which i'm sure he could elaborate more on so when I was uh, 15, my first actual business, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 15. And um, I started my first business when I was 15. It was actually an esports league mm. focused on Counter-Strike, Alien versus Predator, stuff like this. I'm 37 now, right? So this is back in the old pancake days. Yep. And back, I remember starting in 56K dial-up modems trying to play CS, you know, 1.6, beta 7, back, back to beta 7 on CS. So we started a league and uh, we actually got sponsored by Sega. And... Um, it just worked out and I sold it a year later for a bunch of money for a 16 year old blew that on something stupid. I'm sure. And, um, have been an entrepreneur ever since and, and signed a, a 10 year, no compete. And it ended a while ago. Um, but I was in the army was a police officer in between those times and was focused on the military and my career. 
started a, uh, a very successful uh, agency in LA uh, management agency and uh, met Chris and, and it just like, he sparked that passion that I, I had forgotten about. Right. Cause I still loved competitive esports, but the league side of things, I forgot how fun and how involved and at this point, how insane it is to run them because every day is a new day. And, um, it just, it just popped up, man. Like it was, we were talking and he's like, I've been wanting to run a league. I said, Oh no shit. Like, cool. I, sorry. I don't know if I can cuss or not. Um, fair game. It's all fair yeah, game. Okay. So oh, no shit. Okay. I was like, well, let's, uh, let's think about this. And I think three days later we had a logo and a name. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, it, wow. it went quick, man. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys. So when I, and he, and Chris is the same way we're hustlers. So when, when we get an idea and we see an opportunity, like I'm going to go into that space as hard and as fast as I can. And I'm going to fill that net need. And here we are. I mean, it's May. Here we are. So. Dude, it's awesome. I mean, it's such an emerging market, but it does give me flashbacks of being, because I remember being a kid playing in like CSGO tournaments. I was in a clan. I remember, you know, yeah. paying $5 per hour at Wizards Cafe down at the block in Orange. And you got to, <laughs> you got to. So dope. You know what I'm saying? You have to, and you're competing. Yeah. You, you feel that energy and, the, and people get pissed and you're like, hey, stand up. Who's angry? Come at yeah. me, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah, that so kind of all of that energy. And, and the thing is nowadays it's, it's even so it's so much more immersive. And, and I, I didn't realize how big it was until I went to one of the Oculus connects and, you know, they line up all the guys and I think they're playing onward or something. And they were just like, it's just so much more immersive because you can drop to the ground, right. In, in the full prone position, you can pop yeah. up. And so you, you feel so much more visceral than just, than just this, right. Than just using your hands and clicking around. Right. So what was like the, for you guys, the, the magic moment, or did you guys have a magic moment? in virtual reality that made you pop and just feel that love again? Um, probably when I first put on the headset yeah. and just yeah. realized like with this new medium, like we're going to see a rebirth of gaming in a way in which we've seen with all these indie games coming out and all these developers, like there's so many passion projects out there. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It's one of those things, man, you go, I think Chris can echo that you go through, especially for us being veterans, like of the U S military. And we go through all this training and we get out and you, you find a, you find it sort of hard sometimes to transition and what to do with those skills that you learned. And even jumping in like a game of contractors and onward uh -huh. it, it let, and you throw you on a haptics vest or however you want to involved you want to be like you, you get to put those skills and all that time and, and, and training, like really back into action. And especially when you got a close set of boys like Chris and I do with TL and you feel like you're just back kicking it with the squad again, back in Afghanistan, like it, it, not, not really, but you know, at the same time, it's like you have those fond memories and it, it, you get to, you get to do what you practice for so long and what you were so proficient at. And now it, no one dies of this, this time, at least. It's just, it's, uh, it's yeah. all the depth side, uh, all the upside. Yeah, it's bit all the, the upside. Yeah. 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 As well too, like that camaraderie we shared with, uh, you know, everyone in the military that we served with, like you kind of, you do get that type of feeling of being involved with a league and having the league as an outlet to be able to share that experience with everyone. Like it's just a really good opportunity. That's, that's awesome. Hey, Chris, brother, uh, if, if, if you could, man, could you hold up your mic like this when you're talking just because yeah. when you're, when the bottom piece rubs against it, it kind of grinds on it. Um, and I just appreciate that just for the, for the audio and the listening. Um, yeah. but you're, but to, to bring it back to what you're talking about on terms of this camaraderie, like from what I've heard, and I don't know, cause I, I did not serve in the military, but from, from my understanding is that like 
there's like this a sense of brotherhood that you get though even though it's in these really you know fucked up conditions and it's really struggling you, you lose a sense of that camaraderie and that brotherhood having to having when you get disbanded and you go back you know to the states and everything and then it's like so does it bring back that sense of connectedness and stuff do you are you able to you know is it is it as same as deep in terms of brotherhood or is it just more of just a, a taste probably a bit more of a taste mm -hmm. i would say i mean you do share a closer bond when you are put under those conditions with people together and like your life depends on them uh my life doesn't necessarily depend on, you know, somebody covering my back in a game of contractors or something. Yeah. yeah. So, some more of the fun, not, not as deep in that one. I do know uh, the, the contractors got that. I were the word I did see, I did feel some flashbacks when contracts got that halo mode. Oh yeah. I was like, man, yeah. I'm, if I, if I would have transferred my skills of how much i played halo with my friends back in the day at room to room i said i'm like i'd probably be like a master piano player or something if i would apply that in some <laughs> right, other yeah. skill set yeah so um when you talk about going in and creating these leagues things what are some things that people aren't really aware of on the back end you know what are some of the struggles that you guys go through to actually you know create maintain and, and run um uh, something like a league well there's really no standard for VR esports quite yet. Mm -hmm. So like the what's one of the biggest challenges too is because people are coming in with all these, you know, sometimes really good ideas for suggestions of how VR esports should look, how it should be played, you know, whether they want to implement rules that limit the physicality of it or if they should just allow the physicality to go wild and see where it can take you. Uh, it's been a little difficult managing a lot of that. A lot of the a lot of the opinions and feedback you get can be a bit harsh as well too. Yeah, harsh from the players? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, you know, man. Honestly, when I came into this sport or into this this organization, I've, I've told Chris this a thousand times. VR has went so unchecked in the forms of toxicity that it's absolutely insane. It's worse than the old yeah. COD lobbies. It really is. And that was something we, when we first started, it was like, we will not tolerate this. We have a zero tolerance policy. It's never going to happen. We're not going to let it happen. You see it in a lot of leagues. And that's something from day one we have been able to maintain. And we, yeah, we, we, people call us Nazis and they compare us to dictators. But uh, I, I use like a, a really weird saying, like we rule with an iron, but softly closed and firm fist. Like, because we want everyone to have fun, right? But we yeah. also want to make sure that people realize that at VRL, we're, we're not just a VR league. Mm. We're a VR esports association. Mm. And we are, in our eyes, and what we're doing in the back end are the future and the future, let's say, NBA of VR sports, of esports. And uh, we, we want our players to, to feel that as well and to hold themselves like that. We don't, we just don't want anybody just walking in and telling moderators, Oh, go F yourself and stuff like it happens every day and harassment. And then especially of, you know, of, of minorities where people kill themselves, like it happened in other leagues, like that's kind of stuff just is never going to fly here. And, and I'll never let it happen as long as I'm a part of this company. And I know Chris won't either. No. So what does that, what does that Absolutely look like? Not. Oh yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to learn just like, what does that look like? Cause trying to maintain talk, uh, non-toxic environment, um, um, not everybody's got the skills to be able to communicate, uh, we'll call it nonviolently, um, in these situations. So how do you, what are the rules? What are the standards? How do you keep them to it? What does that look like? It's a lot of yelling at 
getting yelled at, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Getting called every name on every discord, except for VREL's. Um, no. Chris and I get that yeah. a lot. Um, poor Hasco. She gets it a lot. Uh, Hasco really has been an absolute beast as a moderator though, and a, an assistant uh, director of uh, community um, underneath Abraxas. And uh, she wrote pretty much all of our moderation rules and has set the standard across the board. And uh, really our moderation is where it's at because of her. And then um, with Chris's leadership and pesky and Abraxas and everybody else on the board, um, the team that we've assembled as the directors have really laid the tone for our moderators. And we've went through moderators and even had some that were close to us, uh, Chris personally, that we were all close together. And then there was a falling out and they had to be banned as well. And it's not nothing personal. It's business at this point. Um, so there is no easy way to handle it or do it. Unfortunately, it is, you have to do it. You're going to catch flack for it. Someone's probably going to say something to you in a DM or a server we host our live event, someone's probably going to say something there. Um, but it is what it is. But it's all the same players all the time, right? It's, it's not the whole community. It's, it's, a, it's a certain group of individuals that float around in certain crowds that do it. And you already know who they are when they come into the server. So, Got it. so is, there, is there warnings that go off? Say you have X amount of warnings, and then when this thing happens and you're not about of it, or like, what is it? You talk about zero toleration, but is there is someone that goes, oh, I didn't know? Or how does that... Yeah, so we, we actually do try to take like more of a corrective approach to it and try to explain to them like, you know, why what they did was wrong and, you know, try to get that point clear. And if we feel like we under, they understand that and they, you know, are capable of making progress like everyone is, then usually we won't have to ban a player like that. Uh, in most cases, usually you can just mute somebody, they'll cool off, you know, they'll understand what went wrong, but yeah. And really it's almost to take a more corrective model to it. I really feel like it's every time too. I'm looking at our ban list. There's one, two, three, like all the people on here have, except for like maybe one person, um, have at least appealed it and realized after like, Oh man, I was a dummy. I shouldn't have done that. I realized what I did. I let my team down. I'm sorry. And, and you can appeal these bands and, and all but one person, um, I believe will be unbanned via the appeal after season that, but I think it's only one person banned right now for the entire contractor season going on. So, um, and we, we have different things, suspensions, stuff like that, depending on what the, the violation is. Now, if you come in the general chat, like some guy did and just start dropping the in bomb, you're, you're banned instantly. There's no warning. Yeah. There's nothing like that. You're gone. You're, yeah. you're immediately gone. <laughs> right. That's it's well, it's like this, there's a, a, a a gamer toxicity rage, man, that we've seen when we were, when we were kids back in our day. And it Been seems to be, it's, it's yeah. only gotten more and gross. Is there, um, do you feel like you guys are, are more resilient or whatever you call it? Because you guys have actually are veterans. You actually have seen real intensity and this is more of a game or is it, you know, what do you think causes all this toxicity and this, this intensity? I you want my you want my unprofessional answer, my plain my plain worded answer, or do you want my professional answer? Uh, plain words all the way, man. I yeah. think it's because mommy and daddy didn't spank them enough, personally. <laughs> yeah, it's not, there's, it's there's accountability. Not, yeah, account, yeah, they were never held accountable, exactly as Chris said, because soldiers came like this in the military until they were held accountable for first thing in their life, and mm. then they straightened up really quick. Yeah, that's yeah, all you, it is. Well, that's what, yeah, you learn. It's it's funny because there's things that like there's like that there's that hard fun. 
you know, I've heard that like, you know, boot camp things like it's like it's the hardest fun I never want to have again, kind of thing. And so yeah. you go, you go through that, you get the discipline and you come out the other side. So no one's been checked. We really are uh, very soft, right? We, we Uber around, we can post meet things to our house. It's a very, we do live in a very blessed, um, fortunate society that it's pretty easy to get everything we want and need. So yeah. I, I could definitely see that as, as a big problem. So, um, so right now you guys are just primarily just kind of keeping in check, keeping a, a, a soft glove, iron fist, it uh uh hand to kind of make sure and then that's been able semi to open it's semi <laughs> yeah it's not a close it's, a it's not it's, yeah it's not a close not closed yeah yeah semi open it's just a slight golf slap slap yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool guys so then moving on forward and going forward with the, the vrl what's your what's your guys' plans for expansion what do you guys see on the horizons for you coming up boom Director of the leagues there. Yeah, so right now we're kind of in the process of redoing everything. Uh -huh. uh, we have an entire custom. Stop me if I start saying stuff I'm not supposed to say. Yeah. Okay. So we have an entire custom back end being built. Uh, and we have a new website getting launched. And this is going to allow us to be able to customize how tournaments are run for each game, as well as how general leagues are run. This is going to offer us a lot of a lot of options that haven't really been available in competitive VR yet. So we do plan on expanding this, like some of the existing games. Like I think we have uh, plans for Pavlov, Echo, Pop One, Contractors as well. Onward. Uh, Onward, uh, Golf Plus. Is, there's, there's a long list. As well as we also have to be ready to be able to adapt and pick up new games as they are announced or released. It's a lot yeah it's a lot but luckily we have so we have everyone at vrel is a volunteer except for two people and one of them is our main software developer and director of development jonas and then our other guy is our media guy proper duncan he's he does all of our our ad work all of our video work um so him and him and they get paid uh because they're working their tails off and and it was hard for us to do what we're doing now if they weren't paid and were able to work for us full time. Right. So. That makes sense. I mean, it's production, right. Both yeah. on the production of code and the production of ads and, and be able to drive those things in. And so one is the actual being able to funnel in through the system and people being able to actually run and use a system. So that makes a ton of sense. If like um, if there's games out there that are interested in, and how do they get a part of the leagues or say a new VR game comes out and they want to, they want to participate in VREL. What does that process look like? Uh, they could email either me, Scott at VREL.GG, or they can email Chris at uh, Chris at VREL.GG, or they can join discord and uh, just DM one of us, Dissertory and damage X. You can DM one of our posts in general chat, open a ticket, even better in discord. That's even easier. <laughs> Yeah, open the ticket. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. You're looking at games like Ghost of Tabor that aren't even out yet. We've already signed exclusive uh, contractual deals with those guys. It's a brand new VR game coming out that that's just now going in alpha next month, and we've already signed an exclusive deal for their their competitive play when they release. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, we're we're shaking and moving, man. We're we're trying to change the game. So with, with that, uh, you mean what makes it as an attractive alpha? Or what you know? What about it made you say, "Oh, this is something I want to have as exclusivity"? What what about it? I'm, I can't go into detail about it, but ah. there's nothing. There's nothing like it out there. Yeah. There's no game like this in VR. Period. Okay. 
Okay. And okay. no one has done it. There's games like this on Pancake. Um, we talked, uh, but there's nothing like this game in VR whatsoever. And um, they've got a very healthy budget, and they've got a team of four developers, software developers, media guys, uh, map makers. Like they, I think there's like 12 employees over there for, a, for just a, a VR studio, which to me is insane. I can tell you that their lead developer um, is actually from Epic was Epic's lead VR developer through Surreal. Oh, wow. So they actually hired him away from Surreal. That's pretty awesome. Cool. awesome. That's pretty cool. That's incredible, yeah. So it's, I'm assuming then Unreal and all that stuff. Unreal, yeah. Unreal, yeah. Unreal 4, and I believe they're going to 5 whenever it's stable for VR. Ooh, cool. That's awesome. Nanites, man. Nanites. Changing the game. <laughs> what about, you're talking about Discord and how amazing. How, how has Discord changed the game for actually communities and being a part of uh, VR esports and stuff like that? It seems like everything's centered around Discord and gaming these days. That's for sure. Yeah. The, uh, think, yeah. Go, go ahead. Uh, Chris, you played on GameSpy Arcade, I'm, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I played on something called Player before that in 98. And uh, yeah. Were you there on Player too? Yeah. Yeah. Everything disappeared, right? Are you in agreement? It's like the communities vanished when Steam became Steam. When GameSpy yeah. closed its doors, there were no more communities in gaming unless it was like an AOL chat room or like a forum. Everything was in forums and Discord or brought all, yeah, or Mer yeah, IRC. Yeah. But like it brought it back. Discord just brought it all back to us mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite things is to have people that are playing actually streaming on like a PC game or some sort of thing on and going into a room and just being able to watch them. Yeah, it's it, dope. It reminds me of being on a couch, you know, at like a roommate's oh. place and be like, yo, bro, you should yeah. go left. Nah, he's gonna get you run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys have favorite bots in Discord? Could you talk about opening tickets and things like that? I think that's one of the big differences from like other types of like chat rooms back in the day. Do you guys any favorites around there? We have a good uh, ticket bot. Yeah, we have a good ticket bot. I don't know too much about the bots, to be honest with you. Yeah, Hasco deals with all of our bots. Um, I know how to use the the band bot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. Does it no, play a sad trombone every time you kick someone? You know. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have a, a stream deck thing. I hit every time it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think honestly, our our. Ticket bot is probably one of the best ones I've seen out of all the discords I've been a part of. It's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Able to actually save transcripts and like it host them somewhere. Don't ask me where. I'm not paying for the server, but somewhere it's being held. That's awesome. What's the name of the ticket bot? Do you know? <laughs> ticket bot? I don't know. No, ticket bot. Yeah. yeah. I think it is ticket bot. I think it's ticket bot, but it's like the advanced ticket bot. Oh, okay. Cool. You're asking too okay. many questions. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm curious. I'm just super curious about it. Well, because it just, yeah, Discord, it just seems to go together perfectly with everybody. Like, if you don't have a Discord and, and you're in your yeah. center of the, the, the VR gaming space, the gaming spaces at all, it's just, it's just, it's the, it's the new chat rooms and it's, it's a very cool system. Um, and you can kind of hop around them so, and be in so many different ones. I have so many on this list. It's ridiculous. Yeah, crazy. it's yeah. crazy too how many uh, like VR communities are popping up all over the place. There's some that, big ones that have been around a long time, but there's, it's just endless. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and notice that also like like VR because I don't know if you guys call it VR esports or VR sports from your side of things, but they seem to be spreading into being more mainstream into in popularity where before it was kind of like this underground kind of thing where it was in it yeah. now I feel like it's not it's not quite rivaling esports yet but it's kind of it's picking up I've, what have you seen in terms of the traction for uh VR sports seems to correlate with quest sales <laughs> yeah mm. yeah 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 really the quest is like the thing where because back in the day, like two, three years ago, before the Quest or so, you know, there was like a, you know, $2,000 for a PC, a, you know, $1,000 for a Vive, it was 3000 bucks. You know, people would try it on and they'd be like, oh, this is cool. I got it. Oh, yeah, look at all those contraptions. I'm wrapped around in cords. I can't move my legs. Yeah. They're like, this is neat. And they kind of set it down and walk out backwards out of the, out of, you know, wherever you had it set up. But nowadays, you're right, because you can go on Amazon for 300 bucks. You can order it, have your house in 24 hours or whatever. It's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's what I play on as a quest. It's sitting right here. That's what I play on. So uh, nice. I mean, oh, got, yeah. I, yeah, I, got the, I, got, I got the VRL wrap, baby. I mean, what do you expect? Oh, yeah. look at that. You got the mod to that, that comfort <laughs> mammoth, The mammoth, mammoth grips. You know mm. what I mean? Like you got a mammoth yeah. stock, B-Haptics vest. Just ordered the Cat C2 treadmill. Like, oh, you're going to get the cat? Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. I have to. Dude, that is, that is for serious players, man. I was watching two of my Love friends... It. Uh, one of my friends, we were playing a game, right? And I, we're all on Zoom chat. And we're getting set up. My buddy's just in this chair like this. He's like, like this. My other buddy straps into the cat, right? I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, we got someone who's serious. Of course, he's all jacked and ripped. Just, right? Yeah. Just doing wind sprints on the cat. Have you have you tried it out yet? <laughs> no, I. Chris, you play on a treadmill, don't you? Uh, a makeshift one, not nothing yeah. quite like that. Yeah, but I, I can I tell you from those, playing though. in game with him, like. You're like, hey, let's have we we're, we were play testing the game. They're nice. Let's have a foot race. And the characters are all the same speed on the controller. And this guy's like eight people in front of me. And we started at the same time. He ah. just pulled away from me. <laughs> yeah. It's the new type of bunny hop, you know? Yeah, it's 100% right. Yeah. It's bull crap. Yeah, but, but when, game, when those treadmills get more widespread, why should there be a speed limit to each character, you know? Just leave no, there it shouldn't. off to the players. And with the advancement in technology, I mean, you, you call it VR esports, VR sports, um, and how it's a lot of people don't see it as an esport or a sport, but this is to me, in my eyes, is the only real sport in VR in gaming. That's I the yeah. I've never considered sitting behind a computer with a mouse and a keyboard or a controller a sport. Me growing up, sports are physical things. It takes physicality to perform sports. And I'm not taking anything away from the guys that, that play pancake shooters, right? Nothing away from these guys or consoles. But I mean, anybody can, not anybody, but most people can control a mouse. But you're going to tell me you're going to outmaneuver me with a, a rifle stock in VR? I don't think you probably are. It's, it's, it's like going, it's going from 2D to 3D, man. It's, 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 a, massive, it's a massive jump. Chris, what are your thoughts? What's up? Chris, what are your thoughts? It looks like you're going to say something. Oh, with that, I just like seeing the physicality of the VR getting promoted like that. Like that's that's really where it needs to head. <laughs> I mean, you talk about like everyone always talks about, you know, tryhards and, you know, people being sweaty in games. I mean, that has a whole new meaning with VR, though. Like if you're not sweaty, uh, yeah. you're probably not yeah. doing it right. After a match of contractors, I'm soaked like like it's ridiculous because it's so intense. Like you're 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 there. You are the sport at this point. Uh, be the game. That's literally our catchphrase. VRL. Be the game. Like you are the game. 
that's that's awesome and i remember because like so one of the games that i made i run a small you know uh vr studios one of the games we made back in the day was a climbing game and yeah. the, the number one guy and there's we do these speed races it's called sweet escape but like the number one guy was this qa on my team and he was six four he was six four <laughs> and the dude just yeah, had right arms here. for days and he was it's just like <laughs> it makes sense it makes sense right and i'm not i'm not that tall of a guy and i'm like okay and he would just get this just reach and, and it's but but that makes sense that makes sense i'm not playing basketball yeah. in real life it doesn't mean I, sh- I shouldn't be able to dunk in vr you know like so like <laughs> it's just it uh it makes that there should be competitive advantages because you really are being i love that i love that quote be the game because you really do lose yourself inside there and also yeah. burn some calories at the same time too you look at that, Chris. You're you're what over six foot, Chris. And when he plays gorilla tag, he just zooms around the map. <laughs> that night I saw him, it was crazy. Yeah. What do you guys think of uh, gorilla tag in terms of like an esports things like that? Because it's not I really. Love like it. a, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It has well, a huge following. I love it. Like, it's it's crazy to me. We we literally I'm teased about it. it. Yeah. We've teased about it though. Like, hey, maybe we should start a. Uh, a gorilla tag league like we I probably just, should we honestly probably should maybe we should announce that at, at all we should just do that overnight or something it's just a huge community of people and i know it's a lot of kids but i mean that that's a lot of that's a lot of dedication these kids are doing to be good at this this that's a that's a physical sport i mean you can't you're not using the joysticks right i mean you are moving the whole time the whole time did you move to walk yeah climb and the climbing is hard it's a weird it's a funky climb man it's like i'm not used to it and i still don't got it down like i can i can generally jump around but that ability to wall climb up the side and do those ones you have to you have to hit it funky man i you know i had some eight-year-old trying to show me how until he lost faith and left me alone he's like (laughs) i yeah good luck can't i can't be great you know but it's but it is true like the, it is a pumping experience and i don't know if you guys do you guys play infection on that or like no i did one night and i was done i i played grill attack for one night i realized that was absolute dog shit and i uninstalled <laughs> <Yeah>. it so. <laughs> it's fun mine is trying to break your knuckles and everything you just know? give me a gun like you know what i mean like okay you, you gotta pour it in from the contractor's yeah. build and there's all these monkeys and you got a gun you're running around that's right <laughs> that in fact this that'd be terrifying yeah. <laughs> okay so yeah that's what i was thinking because like i mean primarily most of the like uh, the esports are pretty much shooters right they're mostly mill sims and stuff like that yeah. um are there any other ones besides we could talk about gorilla tag but are there any other ones that aren't mill shims that are like very popular in terms oh, of like Mm. Yeah, Echo huge, Arena. Definitely. Huge game. Probably yeah. the, you know, I don't know. That's probably the number one VR esport right now. Yeah. Game, in my, I believe, um, looking at the metrics, like it's huge. Yeah. What do you think about it? It's so appealing. What do you think is like gets people that, you know, all jacked on it? I know because I suck at it too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been playing quite a bit of that lately. And honestly, it's just, the, the style of the game and the way it's played, it just generates so much excitement. Like if you get a three point shot to tie the game with less than a second left, pushes it into overtime. It's just the, the same feeling you get with any sport that's well designed well enough to give you that, that excitement, that rush while mm. you're playing it. Nice. And so, it does okay. take quite a bit of skill too. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Well, it's cause it's, you not only have to manage like you're floating in space, but then you have to, you know, be good to kind of like that, 
like why you're good at pool or something else. You got to handle that geometry going on in your head and and like ricochet yeah. stuff. You got yeah. past it like basketball, uh, hockey. It it ties in a lot of different elements like that. Yeah, the only thing is, it's just not one to one in terms of like the like the if you're like if you're green screening the person or something. Um, Cause like with like the contractors or any other ones, you know, it, it's, you know, whatever you do physically, you, you move around, but in echo, it's not exactly one-to-one cause you're, you're floating, you're floating around. Right. So it's not yeah. like you're really, you, you need to have some sort of, you know, cats 3.0 that kind of holds you up and allows you to fly around in a circle or something to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just so, like suspended from the ceiling. Some kind of swing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise style mission impossible. Yeah. You know, you get dropped in, start spinning around. <laughs> Um, I want I want that to happen. Can we please get I, uh, that in VR? Yeah. I'm actually thinking that that should maybe I could attempt that. Get a Braxis to build. I don't know if I trust my craftsmanship though. <laughs> wait, wait, you gonna try and build something like that? Is that what's going on? I mean, yeah, sure. Just hang a couple cables from the uh ceiling and attach it to my belt, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Can't make it to all. I broke my arm last night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need like weighted boots or something. You need some sort of leverage so you could spin around, you know? Yeah. Or get, or get some of those like aerial flyer girls from like uh like the circus or something. You yeah. Know, some that actually know how to move their bodies around. Yeah, right. Yeah. I would like to see like I've seen those those big old fans that you know those people get into and they kind of skydive inside those oh, fans. The indoor skydiving. Indoor yeah. sky. Can someone please hook that up to a quest headset? I would yeah. love right, yeah. Dude, I mean <laughs> You could just Actually, make the inside of that your play space and then just jump in, right? Should be able to. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if anyone's ever done it before. It'd be right? a fun, fun attempt. Interesting know. to see. It's, uh, it's you always have time to bring that to awe, guys. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what we're gonna <laughs> yeah. be looking for. Yeah. That's what we're gonna be looking for. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk a little about this, guys. So this, there's like there's a conference coming up, the Augmented World Expo uh, XR. They added the XR on recently, but that's what's going on. Um, you guys are going to be there. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about what's going on and what you're going to, going to be doing there? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be uh, hosting a booth in the playgrounds. It's going to be a esports demo featuring Echo Arena. We're going to be, have a couple of our casters there and we're going to have a couple other people there as well too, to help kind of, be like a guide in game for people that are, you know, new to VR in general. Uh, we also have a panel that we'll be speaking on. And then also during the closing ceremony, we'll be doing a, uh, like a full match of echo arena on the stage that we will have live casted with uh, VREL casters. Oh, that's awesome. So then with the arena, you have uh, like two full teams going to be going at it live on stage. Is that what's going to be? How's it gonna be working? Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna have to keep it to like two versus two, mm. just yeah. Uh, yeah, due to restrictions, bandwidth issues probably too. I would imagine. I don't know how the how the conference goes with that. I know whenever you're trying to bring multiplayer into a conference and there's a you know a thousand people there trying to stream the video, um, it always makes yeah. interesting gameplay. Yeah. So. So it's awesome. So I know that it's the, we were talking about this earlier before uh, we got into the show that the awe conference was primarily 
augmented world expo at first. And now they brought in this XR side and now they're starting to bring in this um, VR esports things. Do you feel, because what I've noticed being part of the, I don't know if you guys have been to the odd conference before, but like typically beforehand, a lot of it's like enterprise, a lot of it's business. Have you seen any like big businesses or big enterprise companies or large companies trying to come into the VR sports side of things? Mm, not really. I mean, I've seen some companies like Intel sponsoring, you know, yeah. like certain prize pools and stuff like that. But beyond that, mm, yeah, not really. You're seeing Facebook or Meta now. They're they're starting to buy a lot of uh, companies. Like they bought uh, Big Box. They bought mm. uh, DPI for Onward. Like you're you're starting to see a lot of that, actually. They do do that. They bought the company that owns Lone Echo too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah they, they, their original um, thing that they did in the beginning was, you know, take bets on small companies early, right, and mm-hmm. give them money and hope they figure things out. And they're like, nah, all these guys waste money. They don't know what they're doing. And they wait right, yeah. now. They're wasting too really successful. And they're like, how do you like buckets of money? And they just back up a dump, uh, you know, dump truck full of money and dump and go. Okay, come on, guys, get on board. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, so that's that I've seen that as a new strategy, but I know that there's, I mean, there's huge brands in esports right now. I mean, there's huge, huge brands in esports. I'm just wondering, what do you think they, what do you think it will take for like, you know, uh, for, you know, the VR sports to become more mainstream to where you can get some of these larger corporate sponsors? I think it's coming. I don't, I don't think it's going to be much longer. Um, honestly, I, I fully expect to see a lot of stuff happen after all directly almost immediately after all and during that um, most of meetings and stuff that are being set up. So I don't think it's going to take much uh, once they actually get to experience that live at the playground and then see an actual event take place on the main stage during closing ceremonies. I think it'll be, it'll be pretty much eye opening. And, and Meta's already started making that push. Intel, like Chris said, has been making that push for a while sponsoring Hmm. Um, and you're already looking at, you know, ESEA, uh, ha- have all the, the giant sponsors like that, uh, that are helping them as it is. So I, I think once they see the options out there for the VR esports market, especially with how fast it is growing, thanks to the quest Two, um, it, it won't take much. I think you'll see something happen immediately for us right after AWE. Is that a foreshadow? Is this is this like an unspoken foreshadow? Is there something actually already planned out? What are you talking about? Come on, you seem very certain in that commentary. I'm a certain <laughs> person. I'm a very very. Uh... I think I think at twelve oh one on June fifth. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. You know. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a very much a believer in in projecting, right? And what you put out into the universe, you're going to get back. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, I I just know what we have here. I've seen what we've got. I've seen the team that we've got with everybody that's a part of it, down to just our volunteer referees. Uh, compared to other leagues out there, and I'm not trashing any league at all, but compared to what they've got, they they don't have much. Yeah. So, so, so okay, but it's being there, like being a part of the uh, it, the enterprise and these large scale companies are they're looking to see where does the energy go, right? Because ultimately, we live in an attention economy. Like we live in an economy where people pay with their eyeballs, they pay with their time, and there are so many things you could go in rabbit holes on. And, you know, it, and it seems to be that like, we're doing this giant shift where like, unless you've had your mind blown by being in a VR experience, whether it's Lone Echo or Contractors or any of these other games out there, you don't really know, right? like how much it grabs people and how much people can get into it and, and feel that connection. Um, 
are there like because i'm not a super f- familiar are there are there big teams um that have like a big fan base that are are have a lot of attraction like are there certain groups that you see they're starting to get big fan bases of um <clears throat> like like vr sports teams that are um starting to get a lot of awareness in the mainstream uh, i mean com- if compared to like esports as a whole no it's it's just not like quite there yeah. yet yeah. i mean I think a lot of a lot of that has to do too is with uh, like how the casting and how the matches and stuff like that are streamed and advertised as well. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of streaming, just... go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my question for you: In terms of streaming, you know, what what necessarily is like what makes for good quality streaming for uh, VR sports, you know, like, uh, for example, like you go to a hockey game, you want those front row seats because those fights are amazing. It's a part of the sport versus soccer. It's all about faking injuries. Right. And there's different sports, <laughs> different, very different, very, very different things that are part of the game. Right. What do you think are critical pieces in terms of the VR sports that makes it to be a high quality, to be entertainingly to watch? I think the spectator modes that we have in almost every game, I mean, they're great. They, they work and everything like that, but they don't really seem to take advantage of uh, all the options that VR has to offer. Like uh, I was just looking into that whole uh, vertex stadium, for example, uh, I was trying to get familiar with that, but are you familiar with the, the streaming program live or L I V? Um, no. It's it's a like a mixed reality streaming program. So like when the streamer is streaming, it allows them to put the camera uh, at like a third person view, but it shows their actual body over the game itself. So it looks like they themselves are inside the game. And I think heading more in a direction like that will absolutely help promote esports and show off like the more physical side of it. Oh, it's yeah. awesome! So it's almost like you you have your very own third person camera. Yeah, that's what I know. Oh, it's cool. I, I didn't know about that. So, yeah, so it gives oh, I'll send you a link for sure. Oh, oh please, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm super curious on that side. That's awesome. Um, with, is there anything at, well, just because the all conference is right around the corner, is there anything there that you're excited for? Um, besides showing off the stuff that you're going to be, guys are going to be doing. Is there anything there at the conference that you're particularly interested in? Yeah, anything Behaptics is doing, I'm super excited to go look at and check out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the, with the B haptics, do you want to just talk a little bit about, um, cause I know what it is, but just for anybody that's listening, can you describe a bit of the B haptics and why it's awesome? Yeah. So B haptics is a haptics vest. I think they're coming out with gloves now that I'm super excited to see where you actually feel stuff in reality with these gloves, you'll be able to reach in and grab a can and you'll be able to feel the pressure of said can in your hands. Uh, like you're holding it in real life. Uh, they have, I think they call them tactosies. Uh, they got tactosies for your wrist. They already have haptics for like your gloves, like when you're boxing, like something that goes over here on top of your hand. Uh, the coolest thing is probably the vest. I use the next 40. Uh, and then the, they have the haptics face shield too, to where you can actually feel impacts to your face, to your body, uh, all that stuff. So like in contractors <clears throat> for a lot of people who don't use the haptic vest and Chris can tell you when you're getting shot in the back, sometimes you're like, where am I getting shot from? now you know you can instantly just flip and pop you know exactly the direction it's coming from so it allows you just full on just feeling and being a part of the game it just makes it even more immersive than it was and they're from south korea and they're geniuses and i'm excited that we have them as a sponsor 
<laughs> it's awesome when you can you deeply believe in the sponsorship that you have. I can I can feel your enthusiasm on it. I have I love them. I haven't used I used I had an old haptics vest that I've used before. Um, but I used it for like uh, you know, because we've we've um I've I've ran a number of hackathons, VR hackathons throughout the years and stuff like that. And we made like a, a virtuality electric chair that shocks you in real life. And uh, not the best thing, but it it simulated the heartbeat. I don't know if you guys get the heartbeat at all with um, the B haptics at all. If it does that at all, no. No, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't actually. Okay, you the- gotta try one of those vests with that uh, phasmophobia again. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I know it's just a game, but that shit is scary. Yeah, that shit is scary. I got lost. My friends left me on the second floor of a building, and I lost my flashlight. And I was just like, I was like, guys, yeah. I was like, guys, it was so terrifying. And I'm like, I know this is a video game. I know I'm just in here. I know there's nothing around, but it, it felt it was. I don't know. It's it, just it's, hide in that closet real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll be safe in the basement. You know. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> that that's one of those things where it's it's elegantly simple. Right. There's not a lot of stuff going inside that game, but it's also insanely fun. And, 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 and it just gets you, man. It absolutely gets you. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Do you, um, for you guys, and we're talking about these different moments about mind blowing, you're talking about the feeling the haptic on the back of your vest and then turning around with B haptics and everything. Are there other moments that you feel inside there where you lose yourself in terms of immersion? Are there certain games that get it more certain types of moments in time inside the any of these games where you totally have lost yourselves? Uh, Elite Dangerous for sure. That's that's definitely one of them. There's a, there's been plenty of different games where it's easy to lose yourself. It's just, I, I mean, it, I think the immersion is really kind of up to you and whether or not you're willing to kind of let your mind go and just let it go there because you have everything you need right in front of you. Yeah. It doesn't need to be realistic graphics or anything like that. Yeah. Well, that's one thing for people that don't play VR. I think they feel like it has to be uber real in order to be immersive and it's not good enough yet. You know, they yeah. feel like you have to have amazing graphics in order to be immersed. You know, what are your thoughts around needing high quality graphics and, and actually to lose yourself in the experience? Mm. I, have you, oh, go ahead. I, I, um, I play Quest 2, man, and I don't, I honestly, I guess because I've been playing games for so long and I feel like I'm old when I say this, I'm only 37, but I feel like I'm super old saying this and seeing movies and how far they've came and technology in my short life. Like, I feel like these graphics are, are super immersive to me for some reason, even on quest two. Like I don't, UE five is going to change it all to where even quest two can perform at PC VR levels. Right. But I mean, what it is now, like, I don't see an issue with the graphics compared to the Quest 1. Yeah. Like, I mean, the things look fantastic. And even air linking, I, I prefer, I can air link to a, a PC or hardwire in from a, a drop cable right here, my office. And I still prefer just a native Quest. Like, I get super inver- and like immersed in the game the way it is. But it's only going to get better. Yeah. That's, that's I, great. I even got immersed in... Uh what like that first game lucky's tale that came out on oculus oh yeah yeah that game was great and i mean i found myself kind of like crawling around the floor trying to peek around you know different corners before i send the character around there 
you know like it's it's all up to you yeah 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 there is um uh there is a headset at the at the conference i want to try um uh, that was there last year but i didn't get to try but i'm trying to try to get in this year called um the varho vario yeah i've seen that yeah. one yeah all right I, it, it's definitely not consumer grade you know it's like a seven thousand dollar pc uh headset you need two display ports to to jack into the thing right. it's pretty pretty op um but from my one i've heard it's 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 you feels real and so i'm just curious so curious to try that but not not necessarily needed to get to you where you want to go um yeah for the, for the average consumer i think the products that are out there right now are are more than healthy enough to get you where you need to be at yeah and then you look at games like Gorilla Tag, probably the ugliest graphics you've ever seen. <laughs> it's probably the worst. Like, yeah. I think I think a kindergartner might have made those graphics. At the same time, people love it. They love it, yeah, the simplicity. Yeah. So in terms of, like, we talked about, like, is there a, you talk about what's on the horizon for, you know, VREL. What's a holy grail for you guys? Like, what for you is like the end all be all? What do you guys want ultimately VREL to become? Um, I can tell you we've we've already filed for the trademarks, <laughs> and uh, honestly, we, we we are waiting for the day that we pay the first professional team, not a two thousand dollar salary. And it is a large sum of money and uh, we're doing live events, you know, quarterly. That, that's, that's what we're looking for in the very near future. Like I said, we want to be the VR. We, 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 we hold the, the trademark for the VR esports league. You can't use it because I'm, I'm definitely going to sue you if you do. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, anybody, anybody. No, um, <laughs> but no, I, I think that's really our goal there is to, we just want to see VR esports in the mainstream. If it's us, if it's VRML, if it's IVRL, if it's uh, the VR Party League, if it's anybody, we just want to see VR esports be taken as serious as pancakes, pancake games. That's all we care about. It's about the community, man. Like we wouldn't be doing all the work that we do for free, you know, um, especially as a CEO and a COO and putting, you know, 12 hours into this along with Chris putting, you know, probably. 10 hours into his day job and me with the family and my studio, like it's nonstop. We don't sleep. You know what I mean? Like, so this is about the community and the love we have for gaming. And we've had since we were young and that we are finally able to come in and make a change and make it be what we've always wanted it to be. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so grown it into the respectable sport it's meant to become. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't care who does it. We just want to be there for the ride. And if you want, if we can lead the helm, that's fantastic. But as long as it just gets the recognition it, it deserves. That's epic. And uh, one thing is you've, you've mentioned it several times. And just for anybody, in case you don't know the term, pancake means 2D games, means yeah. old traditional 2D games versus virtual reality games. I know it's for us a common language, but sometimes people, yeah, that's true. Yeah. some people are trying to track the conversation. They got to go Google it. I'm going to save you the Googling. Um, <laughs> so, um, but that's, I mean, that's how, how deep, you know, all of us are in the space. It has our own language, our own communication, our own styles that eventually will become common norm and, and you know, and commonplace. Um, if, if that's the goal, if the goal is 
you know, to to make this mainstream, sign the big team, to give them the, the paycheck and get that that fame and glory and bring it into the mainstream, um, like it's like it's it's going to happen. What do you think is the the dragon? What do you think is the thing that is so big to overcome? You don't know, um, it's going to be a challenge to be able to overcome to make this happen. Good question. Um, I think the biggest problem what's holding VR esports back the way it is, and I'll be blunt because we started off the conversation this way, but is the toxicity in the community. I yeah. think that is your, I think the community is its own dragon, honestly, because it's, it turns so many people away. How many people have downloaded Population One and they have a competitive scene? of 30 40 teams so and that was something that when we decided to tackle population one we had a long talk about and because honestly i think that's probably one of the most toxic communities i've ever seen i've ever seen yeah and uh, it was like hey let's tackle this game we've got to be prepared for this and the flack and the what's going to happen with the with the feedback from the current player base and the other leagues um if the community would just step back stop trying to mark their territory on top of everybody else and realize that there's so much more that could happen here that would benefit their team so much greater in the long run uh, and so much more that, that if they could just stop for just one minute and look at the big picture, they, they would see what this could actually become. And they could be one of those teams that founded it, like the American Basketball Association. They could be the Kentucky Colonels. They could be, they could be one of those teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, but people can't see past their nose. But I think that also comes with age and maturity and accountability. So that's what we're trying to, to really drive home here. We want to help these guys and these developers because developers are very involved in our league. Like we go directly to them. Hey, what do you want to see in a league? What do you want us to do? We'll do whatever you want us to do. No one knows how to play your game better than you. Tell us what we need to do. Same thing with Golf Plus. We did it. Multiple meetings with Ryan and them. Um, and we're currently custom coding a league. But, like, if you just let us help you and don't treat us as the enemy, because we're, I know we're trying to change things, but what we're trying to do is make you a professional. What we are in our lives, and we, we were drilled in our head, and we were turned into in the military – through much harder terms than we're trying to drive home with you all. We're trying to make it so you can be a superstar on TV, on ESPN, because it's going to happen at the blink of an eye. It just takes that one little spark. Let us help make you that spark. That's beautiful. Um, Chris, do you have anything to say on the topic here? Oh, with that, I would basically just be repeating Scott. Um. <laughs> I want to give you both uh, uh, give you a chance to become that. I think toxicity is one of the biggest issues. Um, I agree because it's it, it's so destructive to people not wanting to play with each other, um, yeah. and it's one of the things that you know I'm, I've been actively looking at with these things is is how do you combat toxicity inside these games because you want to have a good time with your friends, but then it's like someone shits all over the, the game board, you know. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. oh, I don't want to play in this game board. It's covered in shit. I'm going to go yeah. home, you know? <laughs> right. And it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. And so it's you know, one of the things I'm actively looking at and trying to, trying to work on some of, the, some of the games that I'm working on myself personally. And so um, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head because if you could just, if you could, if you could get people to 
get past that and actually make it a, a warm, welcoming environment for everybody, you you would make it a, a, a loving place versus, you know, people come in and then they just, they blast you right when you get in and then you want to just turn around and say, okay, yeah. well, I'll uninstall this game, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's physically safe, like you guys were talking about, uh, but it's just not emotionally safe for everybody. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. How many well, dads? The... Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say, that's one of the things we're also trying to address as well, too, by having the last rule in our code of conduct is that all players are seen as representative of the league and are expected to conduct themselves to the standards of the code of conduct, whether or not they're actively in a league game itself. So like, even if they're just playing public games, like they're still expected to be somewhat of a role model for the community. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of the, the thing. It's like, yeah, cause it's, it's someone new coming in that tries it. If one person is toxic, they say everybody's toxic and then it just, it just, just destroys everything. Yeah, but like we were talking about pop one. They've had over a million downloads. Like I said, they've got, you know, 30, 40 active teams. You, you host a duros weekend. It's just those same teams splitting up into duos. What about all those dads and kids and, and husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends that would love to play in a duos league just to have fun for a bonding experience, but they played in a public lobby and they just uninstalled the game. Yeah. If um, if you guys were being making, you know, what advice would you give to um, these, you know, people that are making these esports games and things like that to create non toxicity? And the thing is, I'm actually working on a game myself. I would love to learn this. Like, what would you guys recommend to developers to be able to build things uh, to assist in creating this non toxic environment? <laughs> With that, uh, definitely just patience. Just look. <laughs> Basically, they're always going to find creative ways to get around whatever guidelines or rules you've set up, whether it's uh, anything from like verbal harassment or assaulting somebody up to, I guess, like not quite physical, but like the gestures and the sometimes the immersion can be a bad thing. Yeah. I don't know how many times Depending. I've been uh, old school WWF with DX telling me to, you know, mm. suck it. So that's happened a lot in games. Yeah. I think as a developer to developer, I would tell you to get a um, good community moderator manager, um, whether it's a paid position or a volunteer position that just becomes paid, um, and have them just crack down, man. I really, I really feel like that's the only way. Um, humans, humans will never change, right? We're, we're always going to be a certain way. And we learn through, unfortunately, punishment or even corporal punishment in masses. The military really nails that on the head um, with how, how they get everyone to dress right, dress their behaviors. And while you don't have to be militaristic and, you know, a Nazi or whatever they want to call you, what they think you are um, for, your, for your actions, um, you can get someone in the community to step up and be your community moderator or a community manager. Um, I think you'll be okay. I mean, like with us, we have Hasco and she probably has the most thankless job to where she gets harassing messages multiple times a day. And, um, she just takes it like a champ moves on and does her job and drives on and continues to be a constant professional. So if you can find someone like that to help you, 
I think you're good. I mean, because Big Box had Hasco for a really long time. I think she just stepped down because it just got to be a little bit too much. And I, I think as a developer, after they start breaking community guidelines, you have to have the ability in game to be able to thwart them from being able to do that. You've got to be able to punish them in game for their actions. It's no different than our code of conduct. You're going to act like that. And we don't want people like that in our game. I've literally said a million times, I don't want pop one players playing my game. Because they'll try to ruin my, it's going to ruin my community. You know, like. Maybe you could put something in like the user agreement. when well, we they, do. Yeah. 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 So you get yeah. that type of approach. I'm saying. Every report button, just every report button, all that stuff. And you just have to, you have to sort out the trolls. Every game's always done it, you know, in one way or another. CSGO, they do it with, um, you know, the report button and stuff like that. Call of Duty. They don't ever review the reports, but I think as long as you have that option, at least give the feeling some, the community some feeling of safety, um, especially in Discord. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it's really about. It's the balance of the individual's freedom versus the group safety. Right. right? And that's what you're trying to tell me. Like, you're a Nazi. It's like, no, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I want this group to feel safe. And right. what you're in, and you dropping the N bomb 15 times doesn't make everybody feel safe. Right. So, yeah. so if so facto, you got to go, you know, well, like I said earlier, it's always the same players. I mean, Chris talked about it earlier today, a couple hours ago, he, he sent out a big invite to my game development server. And it was literally <laughs> within three minutes, the same person, one of the people that had been perma banned for VREL was perma banned for the exact same behavior in the community, in my, my, games discord so it's like the same people do the same thing eventually those people's names get to be known uh, and it's always the same players they move in the same circles they never grow up they never change and unfortunately they'll eventually get left behind because this isn't 2003 anymore it's 2020 and the world is a very very different place absolutely man that's a great piece of advice and, and it's true it's it's, it's a evolve with the people or be left behind yeah um you know, guys, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been amazing wrapping with you guys on this whole topic. Is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you or, or more about your league? Mm, be, come play the game with us. Everyone's welcome. We want to be as inclusive as possible. Like he's talking about, you know, the father, his son, all those. We want everyone to be able to feel the excitement of competing in VR. Uh, I, I think uh, the only thing I have to put forward is if you've played in leagues before and you've had concerns and you've had issues like we've been discussing tonight and they've never been addressed, uh, that's not what happens with us. And we're, we, we want everyone to be able to enjoy competitive play, as Chris said. Just um, if you've been ran off from VR esports, you should give it another shot. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised to find a place that welcomes you with open arms. Love it. That's fantastic. And Scott, Chris, if they find out more about you in the league, how do they do that? How do they find you guys? VREL.GG. Yeah. Beautiful, guys. All right. Have a blessed, yeah. beautiful day, my friends. I'll see you guys on the other side. Take uh, care. You as well. See you. see you. See you, bud. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.